bringing the world three days and 50 miles closer to a cure for multiple sclerosis. Whether walker or crew, veteran or new, join us as we share news and memories of an MS Challenge walk. Good morning, MS Challenge Talk. Thank you for tuning in for another week of interviews with the best and brightest of MS Challenge Walk with the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. I am Ken Gagney, and I'm so excited to be here, and I hope you are too. Spring has finally sprung, and it looks like the fine weather that we've had on and off throughout the spring is finally here to stay. Thank you very much for the month of May. I have finally busted out my bicycle, which happened much later this year than usual. Usually I'm providing bicycle support with the one-day walk in Worcester, which occurs in early April. But this year I flaked out on that and didn't get my bike out until Cinco de Mayo when I went down from my house in Framingham to downtown Natick to the bakery on the common to have some pancakes for breakfast. Since then, I know I should be exploring the back roads of Framingham, which I recently moved to, and familiarizing myself with the roads and routes here. But... Inertia is very strong, and I keep finding myself back in Worcester County riding with the Seven Hills Wheelmen, and especially the Easy Sea Riders. Their philosophy is that just because New England has hills doesn't mean we have to seek them out. I appreciate their attainable pace, attainable for me, of course, although I do still usually end up at the back of the pack, and also the relatively flat ground. Although I keep hoping that one of those rides will actually stop at Rhoda Springs and get some ice cream. It's so tantalizing. I don't know why they keep teasing us by riding right past the sign when obviously we're supposed to stop there. Anyway, I'm enjoying the opportunity to train outside. I hope you are too. It's Memorial Day, and I hope amidst your barbecues and cookouts and parties, weather permitting, that everybody will remember to take a moment and be grateful for our soldiers, whether they be domestic or overseas, and everybody who is fighting. We are fighting our own battle here at home for multiple sclerosis, and we have one of the best and brightest armies available. Today, we're, I'm going to be talking to the people who have been leading that fight for many years. I think these names will be familiar to you. We're going to start off with Danielle Kemp, the coordinator for the MS Challenge Walk. And then you'll be hearing a familiar voice, at least familiar to those of you who have been doing the walk for a few years. I hope you'll stay tuned. Here we go. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning, Ken. How are you today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm fine. I hope you're having a good Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> uh, it's all right. <laughs> On the challenge walk end, yes. Personal, no. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so last weekend, we had a little bit of an event at the Waltham office. We did. We had a Jumpstart Your Fundraising event on Saturday, May 19th. And 30 walkers and crew attended, which was wonderful. And we had um, about five formal presenters speak about what their teams have done for fundraising and what other teams can do to fundraise as well. But it actually turned into a really organic question and answer section of people saying, you know, I'd like to do this event. Has anybody else tried things like that, like for a cocktail party for fundraising, let's say, and people giving advice to each other. And we had two new challenge walkers that are, were worried about the minimum that everybody said, we are not going to let you fail. And that's the spirit we really do try to foster. We don't let anybody fail their fundraising because we will all help you get there, be it giving you ideas to help you along the way or even team mentoring to help you along the way as well. That's right. The challenge walk, just like the Jumpstart meeting, is more collaborative than competitive. Exactly. We're all trying to fight to end MS. And, you know, we want to get there to have our fundraising go to the research that does that. 
So we just really want everybody to succeed. It's not teams competing against each other to be the top fundraiser. We want, in fact, the higher teams want the other, they want new teams to surpass them purposely so that we're all raising more money to fund that care. Can you give me an overview of some of the best ideas that came out of that meeting? Yeah, we'll have a blog post coming up with some of the best ideas that were shared. And we'll also have a blog post coming out in the near future about what fundraising tools I can send you from the Waltham office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like bracelets that can be sold um, for fundraising, walk pinups, brochures, things of that nature. But I'll have a whole list posted on the blog as well. Great. Sounds like there are plenty of resources available to those who know where to look for them. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Thanks for the updates, Danielle. Um, of course. Do you think there will be another Jumpstart meeting, or are we too far into the season now? I think that those two are too far into the season at this point, but people can always reach out to me, and I'll set them up with a mentor if they don't already have one. Great. All right. Thanks very much. Of course. Joining me this week on MS Challenge Talk is a name familiar to many, but not all, is Todd Crony. Hi, Todd. Hi, Ken. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. So, Todd, how long have you been involved with the MS Challenge Walk? In thinking back a long time ago, I was diagnosed with MS going on 10 or 11 years at this point. And uh, when I was diagnosed, uh, Zoe, who was my fiance at the time, signed us right up to walk 50 miles for the MS Challenge Walk, which we did. Walked several years at the Challenge Walk, certainly like we all do, love the event and keep coming back. Um, I was fortunate that at the time, the uh, National MS Society uh, Greater New England Chapter was looking for someone to staff the event and oversee the event. So uh, I came on board as a staff member and uh, worked at the National MS Society for a little over five years uh, doing fundraising for them for the MS Challenge Walk and uh, Walk MS and whatnot. And so uh, and really enjoyed that experience. And now, um, since I moved on in a professional capacity, I am back as a uh, challenge walker and uh, fortunately uh, to be serving as a volunteer on the MS Challenge Walk Steering Committee. And what are some of the ways that you saw the Challenge Walk grow or evolve in your years? Mm. So the event itself has gone through so many different iterations uh, since I have been involved as, you know, first a walker, then a staff member, uh, and then a walker again. And, you know, when when you think about uh, last year, the MS Challenge Walk went through uh, its 10th year. Uh, so it was a decade in existence. And when you think about, uh, first of all, logistically, for those walkers who were there the very first year, the logistics of the walk were very different. Uh, and for those walkers who are there now, uh, will appreciate the first year that people took a boat uh, and rode a boat out to the starting point and then took a long walk. And so it was a very different walk then. And what was amazing about this MS Challenge Walk in particular is that this is one of, if not the largest MS Challenge Walk in the entire country from basically day one. And I'm not sure if that's because of the proximity to Boston and the hospitals or the medical community or more cases of MS in the area or the uh, beautiful uh, setting of Cape Cod in, in September. I don't know, but it always was the most popular. That means that with all these different people, and I don't know the exact figures now, but you know, there used to be over 20 to 25 states represented at uh, the Greater New England Challenge Walk. 
they would bring this community back each and every year. And it was a community that just kept growing and swelling and becoming more passionate and raising more money and frankly, more committed to ending, to ending MS. And so that really took on a life of its own at the event. And you can imagine, you know, with the crew and the walkers who are coming back year after year and celebrating the new walkers that are here and all of the new things they were doing and all of the camaraderie they were building and all of the passion for fighting uh, against MS. I mean, when you go there and you see it today, it's just amazing to think about how far we've come in the last 10 years. And what is it that causes people to sign up for a 50-mile walk as opposed to, say, one of the many one-day walks that the chapter offers, which are far less punishing? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. And the, you know, the... I think the answer is individual to uh, every person, but I do remember, um, you know, well, I'll, I'll speak first briefly to, you know, when I was first diagnosed and uh, Zoe and I were talking about why, you know, why would we do a walk like that as opposed to something else? And it was, we were very... Well, we were thrown and angry and our world was turned and torn apart by MS and we wanted to make a bold statement against the disease. And there is no bigger statement and there is no better fight than when you say, I'm going to walk 50 miles over three days and spend a weekend with these people who uh, fight the same fight and walk the same walk that we do. And so that was very attractive to us. I think, you know, when I was on staff, um, at the MS Society, you know, we, we heard a lot of wonderful stories about why people became involved. And I think uh, a part of, you know, once people learned about staying at the Cape Cod Sea Camps uh, in Brewster and spending the weekend like that, there is a certain overnight attraction, I think, that really drew people to the event. Um, and then there were some that, you know, I hate to call them thrill seekers, but, you know, who maybe had sort of mundane lives and the idea of not only walking 50 miles was so incredibly crazy to them that they actually wanted to try it, but the idea that they were sure they would never raise $1,500, which is, you know, the Walker minimum, of course. And when, you know, you show them all the resources that could be offered and that they can actually raise that money and more because the average Walker, you know, raises over $2,000, I think. They were attracted to that and they said, wow, what that, you know, if I could do that for my mother who has MS or if I could do that for my husband or boyfriend or whoever or myself because I have MS, you know, that's important and I want to take that challenge. And so I think that there is a certain element that are attracted to that. So in your five years with the MS Society as a staff member, you had to encourage all these hundreds of walkers to meet that minimum and even exceed it, as you said, raise $2,000 on average. Now that you're a walker, what strategies are you using to fundraise? I think that I've gained a real appreciation for all of the uh, online tools that uh, are at msnewengland.org, which is the website of the Greater New England chapter. When I was a staff member there, that was sort of commonplace that we would direct people there and we were using that website all the time. But it wasn't until I was, you know, fundraising again in a way where I was writing my letters and, and emails and, you know, planning events or whatever, that I could go back to that site and get some fresh ideas or ideas that I hadn't seen in some time. So I was glad to see that the participant center uh, on the site and, and the fundraising tools 
were actually useful. And, and, and it was, uh, that was very helpful. And I really enjoyed that. And who is it that you're fundraising from? Is it coworkers, friends, family? So that has evolved over time. And, and I think for every walker, it should evolve, uh, because as all the veteran challenge walkers know, you know, you can only go to the well so many times and you will, you know, uh, we see a lot that, you know, a first year walker will send out that first email or that send that first letter and say, Hey, I'm doing the challenge walk. Please donate X amount of dollars and people will respond. Well, when they go back, the response is different. And so you always need to be changing who you're sending it to that, you know, the list of people. So that certainly has changed a lot over the years. Now there's a base of people that are family and friends because my family has a challenge walk team. We always have. And there's groups that we, uh, reach out to, uh, my parents in South Carolina, uh, have always done a golf tournament for this event. So that was a wonderful market for us. And then we've reached out to, you know, our friends and family, uh, up here. What's been interesting is to add to that list over the years. And, uh, you know, I can think of probably the the most unique place where we have gotten the largest donations have come from our primary care physicians. And this is a little unusual and not an unorthodox approach. But for instance, I have a great relationship with my dentist. And so I give her a uh, challenge walk solicitation every year. And she is our lead donor for our team because she cares so much about me, cares so much about the mission and our family. She donates. The same thing with my, uh, uh, my, my doctor. I've asked her for money. She wants to be supportive and she uh, gives. I would imagine there's some type of ta- tax write-off on their part or something, but that is a place that I don't think as many people tap into as they should or think it's, you know, sort of a place they can't tap into, which they can. But as new friends, as new coworkers uh, come online and we develop relationships with, I do think they should always be added to that list and asked uh, in an appropriate way. Oh, that's a great idea. I solicit my dentist every year. He's very consistently generous. I've solicited my primary care physician occasionally because he's also my mother's doctor and she's the one with MS and he's been mm-hmm. generous. Yep. Uh, yep. I've even gone to my mom's neurologist and rather than asking for money, I ask, can I put flyers for the walk? In your reception area to try to get more people to sign up. And he yeah. said, sure, of course. Yeah. And, and Ken, you, you, you brought up a great, uh, what you were saying made me realize something about another avenue that I do remember as a staff member, walkers being hesitant to explore a little more. And, and, and I think that the National MS Society, frankly, lost money because of that. And that is, so if you are a walker um, who is walking for your mother or father or brother or sister or girlfriend or spouse, whatever it may be, who has MS, and you as the walker will, you immediately look out to your contact list, to your friends and colleagues to ask for money because you're the one that's walking and you're the one that knows these people. But there's a whole nother network in so many cases where if you were to talk to the person with MS or the person who, to, you know, for whom you're walking and ask them to forward your letter, or if you were to ask them to send their own email saying, you know, my son, daughter, you know, friend or whatever is walking on my behalf. Would you please donate to them? I think that their network would be so happy to give because even though the person is with MS is not walking in this case, well, 
someone who loves him dearly is. And I think that people should recognize that sort of indirect or secondary market and use that a little more. Mm -hmm. I've gotten some great responses that way. I've solicited my mom's friends. And rather than feeling put out by being asked for money, they actually send me a check with a note saying, thank you so much for the opportunity to be a part of this. I, Absolutely. You know, I, I love your mother and I'm happy to do this for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that you've always had a family team. In addition to your fundraising base, how has your team roster changed over the years, if it has? Yeah, great question. And I think this question speaks to one of the toughest pieces of the puzzle that, that is the MS Challenge Walk. And, and I'm thinking of this from both a team captain perspective as well as a staff member perspective recruiting for the MS Challenge Walk. And that's the idea of bringing new walkers to this event. And, you know, Ken, as you well know, because you've seen this event as a walker, crew member, steering committee member, <laughs> speaker during the evening <laughs> programs, you've done just about everything. You know, it's a tough weekend. It's, you know, 50 miles is a long way to walk over three days. $1,500 is a lot of money to raise. And uh, even though people who put their mind to it can do it, it takes work. And I think that that is a barrier for, you know, us as a committee. It's a barrier for this event, just in terms of it's tough to recruit people to do it because the, the, uh, the bar is so high. And so, um, I'm not sure whether it's because, you know, our family enjoys our time together on, you know, on the Cape or it's just the it's just the the challenge walk life we've set together where it's been our team or maybe just lack of good recruiting on behalf of the team captain. But, you know, our team hasn't grown as much as well. I mean, when you look at some of the other challenge walk teams um, that have grown, who have uh, been able to overcome that challenge and really energize new walkers to come aboard, I mean, which is amazing because I think that they should be commended and, and asked and, and, you know, learned from about how are they bringing new walkers on board and finding those new markets. Because then, you know, that's not just asking somebody for a donation. That's bringing somebody on board who could be committed to this walk and who would raise an additional $1,500, which is amazing. Right. That's one of the biggest contributions you can make to the event is bringing somebody with you. It's huge. It's huge. And, and it's, you know, as, as, um, you know, we, we hope that this walk continues to grow and there's a natural, you know, loss of walkers over years. We need to keep bringing in new blood to this event. Even more so than fundraising or training, that has been the biggest challenge for me. I, yeah. did, I did the Boston walk, the one-day walk, for the first time ever this year, and I was surprised by how easily I raised a team of six people yeah, yeah. because you know I recruited my friends, they recruited their friends, and everybody just got on board and said, sure, I can do that for a few hours. But throughout the years that I've been doing the 50-mile walk in September, I've successfully recruited three people in, you know, seven or eight years. Yeah, and each yeah. and each person did it once, which was a huge difference. But again, it's hard to get them to commit in the first place and it's hard to get them to come back too. Yeah. And you know, uh, Ken, your your statement I think is so important. One, because, you know, the 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 challenge walk is a wonderful event and it's my favorite event it's always been my favorite event um but there you know what what's great about the national ms society is that there's an event 
or some type of capacity, either volunteer or fundraising that fits the lifestyle of anybody with, you know, affected by this disease. And so uh, if there's somebody who wants to form a team at the Boston Walk or one of the other walks around New England or this country, and uh, that's their gig, that's great. And, you know, we can't support that more. And if you, um, you know, are into cycling and you want to do a bike event, great, do that, you know. And the challenge walk is for a certain segment of people. And and this is interesting because, you know, when, as I think about, you know, since I've left th- my time on staff uh, at the MS Society, and when I think about, you know, who – that community of challenge walkers are and what they meant to me and what they mean to this movement. I didn't realize this until I left, but (laughs) the challenge walkers and the challenge crew members are so unusual and they, (laughs) but they don't think that they are. See, for, for those veteran challenge walkers or, you know, the second year walker who has done it before or the crew member who has been back year after year who's raising money, they th- get in their head that it's normal for a person to spend the weekend together and to walk 50 miles and to raise over $1,500. And they think that that's then that's the minimum that they have to do. Yet when you think about, and I think this is what makes challenge walkers and crew members so special, when you think about if you were to tally up all the people with MS and if you were to add up all the people who are like yourself, Ken, equally affected by this disease because your mom has it, if you were to add up all those thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people and then you were to take the number of challenge walkers and crew who are engaged in this event and who are raising money and who are really passionate about any of this disease, well, that's a very small number compared to all of the people with MS in this world. And I think that puts challenge walkers and crew in such a select company. And they don't realize it because they see, you know, six or 700 of their own uh, on the Cape in September, but they don't realize how many people out there look to them as leaders, look to them when that person who is too scared or too uncertain or just doesn't know how to tackle this disease. They look to those folks as leaders and people who can rise above and do it. I don't think the challenge walkers and crew are able to appreciate that enough. You know, I I just think they think it's normal for a person to raise as much money as they do. Yeah, it's just a matter of perspective. It absolutely is. It is. And, um, you know, you and I have uh, had many a good conversations about MS and folks uh, with the disease and fighting against this disease and the work that the National MS Society does. And, you know, I think there, there will come a day when, you know, obviously it's, it's just the course of life when we have to end this disease. And it's, it's going to happen, whether it's next year or 50 years or 100 years from now, who knows when, but it will happen. And at some point, you know, they're going to look back And they're going to say, so, you know, who were the people that, you know, made a difference and who were the ones that were were not afraid and were able to walk and raise money and be there and crew and offer their volunteer? You know, who are the ones that really mattered? And this group of walkers and crew on Cape Cod will be singled out and they will be looked at as, as I said, those leaders. And, And I think that you know, when when we all look at uh, the mission statement of the National MS Society, which uh, is that we will mobilize people 
and drive resources for research for a cure and to address the challenges of everybody affected with MS. When you think about that type of mission statement, well, who is that person? Who is going to give as much of themselves to fulfill that mission and to end MS? Well, if you look at the, the average challenge walker and crew, it's that person. And I think that mission statement was written for, the, for, for a challenge walker or crew member. When you talk about walkers looking toward other veterans as leaders, I know a lot of veterans look to you, Todd, and I'm wondering, will you be on the route this fall? <laughs> Absolutely. I was a walker last year, and I, I came down to the Cape with my brother and father. And uh, I, I got to be honest that I was a little anxious or a little uncertain about, you know, how I would feel as being a walker again, because we had had so many years as a staff member. And um, I wasn't sure how I'd be received and, you know, just what the general feeling would be. And I mean, I can't tell you the overwhelming love and support and just friendliness that everybody gave to me. And it was wonderful to be back. And it felt great, frankly, just to be a walker again and not have to worry about all the logistics that the wonderful staff do. And so that was a great feeling. And so this year uh, we have a tentative plan and I mean, we're going to stick to it, but um, Zoe uh, will be coming back to the walk and walking again. And uh, my brother, Eric, uh, and uh, his friend, Emily, we're all going to spend the weekend together and we're going to do the walk. And we're really excited about it, frankly, to get back out on the route again. Well, it sounds like a great family bonnie experience. Oh, yeah, I, I can't wait for September. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see you there. In the meantime, it's been great chatting with you, Todd. My best to you, Ken. Thanks for the call. Right, thank you. I'd like to extend my thanks to both Danielle and Todd for talking with me over the holiday weekend. It's been interesting to get the two different generations, basically, of organizers of the MS Challenge Walk, Todd being Danielle's predecessor as coordinator of the MS Challenge Walk. Todd basically introduced me to the event, and Danielle has done an amazing job keeping me at the event. So thanks to both of them for everything that they do. Now a quick look at the event calendar for this upcoming week. It's pretty light. The Yankee Candle Sale that I mentioned in our previous episode that Elizabeth Curley is conducting is still being held. The deadline for orders is the end of May 31st, so place your orders before June 1st. Secondly, and lastly, there is a 5K road race. This is the 19th annual Korob Classic being conducted in West Roxbury on June 3rd, which is a Sunday. There is a $25 registration fee, and it's not officially an MS event, but the event is tightly associated with Jack Enright, who is a steering committee member for the MS Challenge Walk, and they have supported him through this event. If you'd like to participate in the race, go ahead and find the details on our event calendar. And that's it. I hope everyone has enjoyed this first month of MS Challenge Talk. We have plenty more episodes coming up. We're not going to be running out of people to talk to anytime soon, and I hope that you keep listening. So thanks very much for your time. Have a good rest of the weekend. This has been MS Challenge Talk. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.challengetalk.org. <laughs>